Anarchists, violent mobs, arsons, looters, criminals, rioters. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I said, please don't be too nice. We choose truth over facts. I am your president of law and order. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. In the white room with black curtains near the station. All right, Inside Agitator, new episode. Not sure which one. Um, Forty-five. I want to guess. I, that sounds about maybe. right. Yeah, sounds about right. Maybe we're forty-five. Wrong. The knows? best president, Donald J. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Price is right. The song plays. <laughs> what I mean, what's really great about Trump now that he's just no Twitter is these mm-hmm. fucking press releases that are, like, exactly the Twitter characters. And he's trying to, like... like <laughs> he's, like, trying to tweet, but it doesn't work. It, it's not the same. Um, That's funny as fuck, tweeting through press releases. Or just... I, uh, I miss him on Twitter. I think uh, Twitter's worse now um, than it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, Twitter just gets worse every year, though. So that probably has little to do with um, Trump getting banned, but... I don't know. It was at least we all had a common enemy. Maybe that's why there's so much infighting online is because there's no Trump to center all the hatred towards. He was a good foil, yeah. if anything. Yeah. I um I accidentally bought a bottle of Maker's Mark 46 the day Joe Biden won. Unintentionally, he was the 46th president. In retrospect, I'd be like, yeah, I did that on purpose. I'm a you know smart guy. I just I think I didn't intend to do that and. That's what yeah. I ended up drinking that day. But, yeah, so... <laughs> funny. <laughs> I really... Yeah. You know what's funny? I came into this. I have nothing I want to talk about politically. I'm so fucking sick and tired. I don't want to talk about any of this shit. This is yeah, completely mate. me trying to not talk about any of what's going on. I, I'm so... I'm so fucking... <laughs> I feel you, bro. Cause it's just like I don't know the the infighting like you said is just out of control. Yeah, that shit's really... it's, like I, I don't know. It's just like I just see just like the most random stupid shit, and part of me believes it's like bots because it's like oh hi I'm Ron James bunch of numbers. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, here I'm here to tell you my totally you know not state propaganda opinion, but uh, and then that has like. 30 fucking replies to it. And it's all just people dunking on them. But in reality, I think it's just bots. That's creating a lot of this shit. Or at least it, troll farms. It's, it's, astro, it's AstroTurf. Like we talked about on um, our episode, Emotionally Manipulative Media, and, uh, and and our episode, The Paid Propaganda Subluent on a QAnon. Like, that is... The model now is they're trying to replicate what they feared from the socialist populist left um, in 2016 and all the radicalization that, you know, organically happened online with people being able to freely share information, them trying to astroturf their own radicalization online um, and repeat kind of the same patterns. And, and you know, some of those people are, are real and caught up in it. Some of them are bots. Some of them are real people that are paid to kind of have these opinions. And, and some of them, even maybe Brooklyn Dad, is someone who really is an idiot that believes these things a useful idiot that then they then empower to have a larger platform and and spread their idiocy um and you know 
I think we've talked a lot about external stuff on our past couple episodes. I have something I want to get your take on. Um, this stirred up some controversy online, and I, uh, you know, I, I don't even know how I really feel about this. But basically, no name tweets out. Most of my white fans hate my politics, but happily consume my art. They dragged me when I made a political decision not to perform for predominantly white crowds, but applaud when I drop more political content. Consumption, proximity to blackness, over solidarity with black people. Um, and then someone replied, I don't know how you can be a communist and so race-obsessed. Isn't class consciousness solidarity your goal? I don't see how ideas like this help your cause. Now, I kind of agree with her original point. And, and, and that's like a real problem in hip-hop. And maybe before we continue, like, we should address that. Like, I, I you know... I think what she's saying has a lot of legitimacy to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, can you read that again? You cut out. I'm sorry. Um, most the of my white bad. fans hate my politics but happily consume my art. They dragged me when I made a political decision not to perform for predominantly white crowds, but applaud when I drop more political content. Consumption, proximity to blackness over solidarity with black people. And then someone replied... I don't know how you can be a communist and so race-obsessed. Isn't class consciousness and solidarity your goal? I don't see how ideas like this help your cause. Yeah, I sort of agree with what she has to say at first. Yeah, or is it I say do first too. Because, like, I, I don't know. I, 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 I get the, the, the sentiment behind it, you know? It's just, like, not... The, like, if you make art for black people, I think you would want to perform that to black crowds. Yeah. I mean, I get yeah. that from an artist standpoint, but yeah, then also 100%. from from just like you know, I don't know. It, it's at least with my experience growing up and being black, I grew up in a rural, small white town, and so I I get the like I want to be more connected with black people, you know, on a day to day basis. That's something that I would like to do because like most of my life is just like all white people. Yeah, you know it is, and having a familiar face around me is something that like is comforting, really. Yeah. So I I can understand the sentiment of where where she's coming from. Yeah, I feel like you really haven't even gotten to to, in your life an opportunity to like really be connected with black people. You've been in white spaces the entirety I've known you, and then long, even wider spaces Mm. before that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, And, and and like, and and like the only times that that really was where I was only in like an all black space is like church. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, you know, you can't really like be <laughs> your full self in church, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't, totally you can't, I mean, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't really, you know, act wild out and, you know, dance and to talk hood nigga shit. Like, well, I want it. I mean, I'm not a church, hood nigga, church, but isn't like, necessar- church isn't necessarily a very black space either. What do you mean by that? Well, like, you know, I think church is, and religion in general, is a white, you know, kind of, um, what's it? Imperialist isn't the word. Col- it's colonizer religion. It's, uh, it's yeah, kind okay. of these, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's I those values. Saying, yeah. and, it's the, and it's different. It's not really, it's not really black. It's not at the end of the day. It, it comes from a different set of values and a different, and a kind yeah. of you know um and and other people have talked about this more eloquently than i have but yeah but i would push back on that and say that like 
in black communities, like black church is like completely an anomaly from any other white church that you've ever been to, you know, like almost every single one you go to, it's like the people are lively, they're dancing. Mm -hmm. It's more of a celebration more mm-hmm. than it is like going there and repenting of your sins and or I mean it is, yeah, it is it's like definitely better I'll, I'll give yeah, you yeah it's better no, it Catholicism is, but... and all this shame and horror it's and, and the, <laughs> like it's horrific yeah I would uh, yeah. totally we're totally in agreement there yeah no that that that's interesting and they are an anomaly and I'd, I'd go a step further to say that while it is a space where white values and and things you know exist and 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 kind of come from the original structure they have been a hotbed of radical action and even in the current black lives matter movement when you look at graham north carolina like the black churches are the organizers in the community uh, in large part and and that's i think all over the country i think that you know you could apply that everywhere and uh and and yeah there's a more nuanced conversation about times that religious leaders have steered things in a certain direction la 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 whatever and and mm. how and, and whether that plays into white supremacist structures or whatnot but i do think uh yeah you make a good point it is it is a uniquely black space even in comparison to other churches uh, maybe even especially so yeah yeah and i think to like go more deep into organizing that's like really the only like in the 60s and the 70s or like you know during the civil rights movement the church was really the only place that these people had to like freely go meet up with each other you know yeah at at all like to really i mean they could like go out in public and do it but like you know obviously they're gonna get hit with water hose and dogs you know so like that is sort of like a safe place for for african-americans to go and be like hey this is what we're gonna do this is what we want as a whole as a community we want to stop being treated this way yeah yeah and 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 you know historically you do see black spaces that open up that are secular but those were very radical things and those were rare and mm-hmm. far to come by i, I you know in actual reality day to day that that was where a lot went on um yeah and denying that i think would be uh ahistorical yeah it, for sure um yeah but yeah i so that's it that's a good take on it and yeah i think i agreed with the original no name tweet too i totally get where she's coming from i do think it maybe misses <coughs> some larger context about how hip-hop became that way and the business yeah. forces that got involved in marketing towards and and even i mean mm. as a deadhead i look at the grateful dead and their touring and the business people that got involved and how expensive tickets have become and how some of the real deadheads have been priced out that's something that happened decades ago you see the same thing happen in hip-hop i mean a lot mm. who hip-hop culture is for has been priced out of hip-hop no who the fuck is going to like Coachella you know like you know like it's it's fucking trust fund kids I'm certainly not going to Coachella like and I don't think your average black person is either like I don't you know who's where's the money in performing that's where the industry's oriented and I I think and and not that no name is uh in denial that she probably is more intimately at and you know uh um she's more intimately involved in it than I am so I'm sure she understands you know and uh but you know, I think that it, it just and, – and we've talked a lot on this podcast and even on the JP episode about how hip-hop as a culture that everyone can join in on and how it's been that force for a lot of people is a unifying thing and in in, in something that can be used towards a political movement. I talked about 
there was the Grateful Dead, I brought them up. They played a show for the Black Panthers, uh, a fundraiser, almost 50 years ago, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Um, and basically, there's an article. There's not many recordings. So obviously, the Black Panthers were strict about who they let in with recording devices and stuff. So it's one of the few dead shows that you know a bunch of deadheads didn't record on tape. And so you, can, you can't even really listen to it. But you can find news articles about it. And one reporter wrote how you know people spoke and it was good and people cheered and la la. Then the dead started playing. All the white people stood up and started dancing, and black people started leaving droves. And uh, and <laughs> that made me really sad because you know, I yeah, I, I think the deadhead culture. I mean, you look at pictures back then. There aren't even fat people, let alone black people. There were it, you know that that scene wasn't the inclusionary scene that it is now it was a yeah it was a different time in a different in a different era it was inclusionary in some ways but you know it 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 wasn't in a lot of ways and and a lot of people have talked about the racism in the dead scene i can't even really speak to it from decades ago but i'm wearing a hat right now from all my hats are dead on instagram mm-hmm. and uh yeah carrie is his name and he got kicked out of a fucking dead show Basically, because he was black, and they started harassing him, and like, you know, shit's fucking crazy. Like, you know, and that's you know, this past decade, that's with Dead and Co. They got O'Teal playing bass. He's black. Like, this isn't you know, Dead in the seventies, and there, some of that shit still exists. And um, but hip hop culture, and you go to a hip hop show, um, you don't. I've never, you know, I've like, I went to as a white nerdy teenager when I was like a dumpy 15 year old i went to shows in my little wu-tang shirt from walmart and in camo bucket hat that i should have gotten like bullied at i wasn't i was accepted and welcomed with open arms like i never felt that way and like that and that like that oh you know and uh, so it makes that is such a unifying beautiful culture and and i talked i've talked before about how certain concert experiences i had like with the flatbush zombies and underachievers where cops were dragging this black woman out for smoking a blunt everyone crowded and dripped and got the security offer and you know started chanting fuck the police and like almost mobbed the security like that was like those were formative experiences for me that like were you know it was because i was in that one hip-hop culture and i think it you know trying to exclude people from it it does the capitalist work i think they're happy when it's like white people get the fuck out of the show and like listen that's never going to be the reality no name's not going to be able to like make hip-hop concerts all black again that's not and i don't even think that's what she's advocating for but but like anyway i don't know i I get as an artist why you'd be frustrated totally 100 percent valid but i do think there's an important um point to be made about like common cultures and, and and having everyone share in one thing and not dividing it up by race that's unifying and that's something that we can then use next when there's a, a benefit for our current political movement and it's fucking tony snow and fucking whoever playing everyone is happy no one's leaving you know no one's leaving the show and and, and that that's a huge that's a step forward that's something that we should we shouldn't move back we shouldn't move back to where there was white people music and black people music that's like that's reductive that's like that that's yeah. not where we need to go um mm. and so she which replied like, I, this- I don't even think i don't even think no names music is like particularly like it doesn't like especially with the new song that she dropped it's more of like you know just a anti-capitalist i feel like yeah yeah it is sure so like i i don't i don't i don't think that 
like her music is directly direct maybe it's is i don't know i can't i'm not very good at critiquing art like this but you know i i just feel like that everybody can choose to enjoy it and consume the music you know yeah well if I could be it's out in the second. world if i could yeah. be a dick for a second i would go, go as ahead. far as to say that no name makes music for white pitchfork reading hipsters oh and, god and and to to, to, to then no i'm being so serious so it's so wild to then come out and say this when your music i don't feel personally you you know i i think it's yeah it is have you but have you listened have you listened to the new shit that she just dropped yeah i totally have and i i I love it i think it's great i've been listening to it all the time i don't feel alienated by it you know yeah um uh in and in okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and her earlier music, and this might not be your fault, and it's not even about the music she made. It's it's definitely part of the scene she came up with, and and, and the act she was associated with, and how she was able to build a fan base and following. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be out here and like you know delegitimize her black art, but it's just where she resides in the hip hop business and what her market is. No wonder No Name feels like her crowds are all white. I mean, they probably are. Yeah. I, like. That's who it's been marketed to. It's it is it is for the Pitchfork crowd, and uh, and for those who don't know, Pitchfork's like a music blog um, that you know hipsters that, that, read. Yeah, and it's just like writes terrible reviews sometimes. Yeah, so hard. The, you look at some of the best reviews. album. Some of the best albums of the decades have been rated sixes by Pitchfork. Yeah, so and it's it's great. You go to the early 2010s, and some of their hip hop write ups are just like so racist. It's yeah. like. We actually should do a. We should. This would be a good thing for the pod. We should do a reading of some of their really bad album reviews from like earlier before people were like knew how to talk mm. about race and like a white guy would rap would write about like when Gucci Mane rapped. It felt like I was selling bricks myself in Atlanta. Like some of the shit that was said on Pitchfork is like I like, could place yeah, myself like, there on the, the block pale. with my. With my niggas. With yeah. No. <laughs> like, bro, you're barely exaggerating, though. Like, it, it, it was like, it's truly, like, it's truly egregious. Yeah. Um, but so here's No Name's reply to the guy who said, you know, I don't know how you can be a communist and so race obsessed. Here's what she said. Class consciousness is impossible if we do not tend to the question of race and global anti-blackness. I agree with that. I don't agree that it's impossible, but I agree that it's not meaningful unless you address those things first. I agree with that. Yes. Then she goes on to say, I don't give a fuck about building solidarity with a class of poor white folks. And this this is where I really take issue is like the emphasis on poor white folks. Poor white folks who refuse to acknowledge the way they support and reproduce anti-black violence. Get what she's saying and get where she's coming from. Um, honestly, what's your take? I just I really want to hear your take on it because I, I have mine. I know how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, it, it I don't know, because like there's rich white folks who like do the same shit. So like you know like I, I don't know. I, well, that's, I think that's it's, the... it's, it's it's weird. It's weird to to say. I mean, I, it's not weird because like you know, it's it's somewhat true. Yeah. That they do reproduce by anti- violence and against black people and anti-blackness against black people, but I don't know. It's I think it's just the way she words it, kind of throws me off. 
The way, yeah. I think I, with I, the I, original I, sentiment, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, like, saying poor white people, like, you could have just said white people. Well, to, to talk about that aspect of it, I think yeah. I'm more mad at the rich white folks who are anti-black and reproduce anti-black violence. And I think they yeah. have way more fucking impact. I think the rich folks that are like, we need the police in our community. Like, I think they yeah. do way more, da- like, damage than, like, I and, and mm. so... And, and there's this image that's been created in the media of, like, this poor, white, anti-black Trump supporter in the trailer park with his gun ready to kill black people. And, like, while there are truths to that, like, I don't I, – I, I take issue with it because I really think it's it's reductive. It, 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 we're taking steps back here. And, like, I think to focus on poor white folks – listen, there are white folks that totally should be fucking – you know crucified for the shit that they say and and how they reproduce anti-black violence the shit i see on my facebook feed every day disgusts me to my core and and there really are white people that do are a problem and 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 you know i fully agree with what she's saying yeah i think where it becomes an issue is hey a lot of people look to her she has become one of the leading voices in this movement for and that's a good thing I love the mm-hmm. thing that she's doing with the book club. She's opening up community. We were just talking about community spaces, black spaces. She's opening up black revolutionary spaces that people can go to. And and that is a, a huge step forward in the movement. So she's doing all the right things. She is 100% on the money. I love No Name. I love what she's doing. And I love her music. And, 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 I, and I didn't mean to shit on it by saying that it's for pitchfork white hipsters. But as a pitchfork white hipster, I like it a lot. And I think that's always been her lane. And... But anyway, I think um, I just think it's it, it's taking steps back, and I think my take on it really is, you know, a lot of these people are products of the system that they are a part in, and this ruthless system that pits each other against one another, and like, and it's hard to I think ask poor white folks who are being beaten down by the system. And to disregard that is unfair. And and granted, totally unequivocal to what's happened to black. Like I'm not trying try to make equivocations here, but to disregard their struggle and their oppression is exact. The capitalists win then. We're not building solidarity. And, and so I think you got to look at it and say, well, all right, here here I am, someone who is a a wealthy artist. I have the resources. I have the, the means to go get this education to learn these things. Yeah. Some people just don't. And I think completely writing them off and their class issues and fighting for them is mm-hmm. a mistake. And, and I don't know that that's what she's trying to do. I think she's trying to fight back against this trend on the left where people are trying to over-focus on that. And I think that's fair. But I think where it becomes a problem, what people take issue with, which I think is fair, is that you can't ask every poor white person to have all our lingo and all our language about these race issues and to be all up to date with exactly what we're doing because they're working. <laughs> yeah. They're at work. And then they come home yeah. and, and, and the few free time moments they get, they're pretty pissed and they're looking for someone to blame. And there's a whole bunch of propagandists there to tell them that it's the black people, not the rich people. And that's a problem. But to blame yeah. them for it misses the whole... We're never, we're never going anywhere if we blame them for it. Because there yeah. are real enemies that cause this. There are real bad actors, real racist, yeah. piece of shit, fucking descended from the Nazi empire motherfuckers that really are the problem and that we really should be focused on. And I, yeah, think, I, think, it's a, I think it's a lack of education in general. 
just like I mean, not saying like generally in poorer communities, the education, the public education is not going to be great. The public education system in general in the United States is not going to be great. And generally, I, I feel like you have to. I, I don't know. I think you have a greater probability of being a leftist, or I, I don't know if you have the education if you like have been exposed to many different yes. cultures. I think is what I'm yes. trying to say more than I like, am, oh, if you're stupid, you're not a le- uh, yeah. I am a socialist, and for all the troubles, and I'll bitch and moan about private Catholic school, you know, all the day long, and all the damage it did to me. But having cla- classes and brothers and intellectuals around us that talk to us in middle school about morality and about these issues, and really taught us philosophy and all these things, mm-hmm. that allowed me at a young age to then go- question the world around me and think about things from a moral standpoint. La la. Of who, who am I? And, and, and that's because my family was privileged enough to send me to one of those private schools. When, and when my family hit hard times, my grandparents helped out. And I was always privileged and I got to go do that. That's why I got that education. And I have the worldview that I currently have. And then went on to, to pursue other education. And, 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 and ultimately, I, I didn't finish college. You know, I disagree with higher education, the capitalist education system. But. And I think it's a brainwashing, gross system that that you know is is horribly ableist and reinforces the worst things about our society. But mm-hmm. I am grateful for, and or at least aware of, the privilege I had to learn these things and to develop this worldview that most people just don't fucking get. And granted, most black people that are politically active were subject to maybe even worse public education and worse situations educationally. Mm-hmm. Than these people, and because they are victims of the system, are able to inherently come out with an understanding of why they are troubled by it. Chris Hedges talks yeah. all the time about how he works in the prison system, and and for decades, and and when he teaches these kids, he finds that they're more sharp and more understanding of the world around them than the kids that that he's taught at Princeton and Harvard and here and there. And the reason for that is because that that they you're really living in the real world. You're not in La La Land. You're not in white privilege La La Land. You're really under the boot of the system, and you feel the empire. And mm-hmm. and do these white people feel the empire? They they do, and and they're uncomfortable by it, and they have economic anxiety, but they don't feel it enough to not listen to the bullshit propagandists. And so there is a yeah. difference there. And I'm not trying to discount that. I'm really not. But what I am saying is they're not. They are the enemy, especially when they when they threaten people with violence. Sure, they're the enemy. But the people who made them the enemy, the propagandists, the, the system, the, 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 the people who created the circumstances that made them so feral and competitive with one another that they've come to this conclusion, those are the enemies. And those are the people that we do not want to unite against under any circumstances. If these poor white folks that maybe have some reductive ideas about race want to fight for the better world and want to take the fight to the capitalists, I think that, that you can't discount that. You really can't. And, and I think it, it, it's stupid not to, and it's what they want. And I, and, and, and I don't know. I guess I just that, – that's really my take on it. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I totally see where you're coming from. So. Say, but, but what's what – what, what do you feel? Do you think that that's maybe too far and giving too much, too much let's say, leeway to the, to the dumbass, uh, you know – Ku Klux Klan youth, like what? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've I've grown up around them my whole life, so like, it's 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 hard for me to be as forgiving, you know, or to have such an open mind about it. Yeah, just in general, 
I think that's really my take on it. Well, like, I, sure, wanna, I, 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 I agree. I agree with the sentiment. This. I agree with the sentiment. Hundred percent. Like, yeah, but like you know, is I, I feel like some of these people are like just not. I it's a lost know. cause. It it feels like a lost cause with a lot yeah. of these people. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're right, and like, I think I think your experience growing up in rural North Carolina is incredibly valid to the exact type of discussion that we're having right now. Yeah. Should we, should we write off these people wholesale or not? And 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 I mean, okay, I, I will say they these. I feel like these people most of the time, like uh, especially like some of the white my white friends that I have, they are very well meaning. I don't think in their true hearts of hearts they're like. Oh, I hate black people, or like you know, mm. or at least to my face, you know. But what they I mean? do like white supremacy. Yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> or or not not even that. It's like they they say things about other black people. So like I would be considered like especially in like high school and middle school. Oh, you're that one black kid. You're just like oh, I just said my name. You're just like an Oreo. You're just you're oh. just like this and that. And like I've heard every single one in the book. So like I don't know. It's tough. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough, tough for me to. It's it's tough for me to be like uh, you guys. You guys. I think you guys mean well in a sense, but then. You Do like you... you talk about other black people like like they're fucking animals, but then like to me, oh, you're one of the good ones, you know. So I let's I unpack this my... a little bit. I, I think this is really valuable, like, you know. And if, if you don't want to keep going down, you know, I know this is a lot, you know. But let me ask you this: So, do you feel like their goodwill towards you was dependent on, you know, being an Oreo? Yes. In a sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 100% because like I, I I don't know because there was also there was always this like black group of people in like a very small black group population in my school system in every single grade going up. So like in high school was probably the biggest out of my graduating class of like barely under 200 um it was about 10 15 of us. So I I don't know. I they the the white people that I hung around with sometimes were just like not really friends with those people outside of like sports and shit and it's like oh they I, I don't know now that I look back at it I feel like they it was more they were friends with these people because they were like funny and like they nobody really I, I don't know nobody really valued what they had to say like intellectually and like yeah I, I, it's weird it's like yeah. that that's what that's what I feel like these people almost looked at us as or looked at other black people in the school as like oh he's really good at this and like yeah yeah i want to be friends with him because of that but then like i don't know it, it didn't seem any deeper than that like it, it and other in other regards i don't know what i'm fucking saying man it's no i stuff. please yeah i think this is really fucking true valuable shit because i think i think that's so spot on because i even in my eyes so i went to a private I went to private Catholic school, like I was saying, and in my high school, there was a very small amount of black, I mean, like, probably under 10 black people, right? Yeah. And the ones who were socially accepted and and really, like, tokenized is really the word, were the ones who were super charismatic and funny 
and like mm-hmm. the, you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna run student council and tell all the jokes and I got the funny Twitter account or they were a really good athlete or there was something on offer and if you were just a normal black person and the way you could be a normal white guy yes you did mm-hmm. not get that kind of love and appreciation and you were subject to way more of the ire and, and the glances and the and the, it, and the it's yeah. so it, it's so interesting you say that because I felt like during at least my formative years I felt like I had to be that you know exactly what you said being charismatic and being uh you know funny and having a funny twitter account that's kind of what I was like oh yeah I gotta be this in order to have friends you know mm-hmm. or so yeah I, I totally get what what you're saying there I, I it, 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 yeah and I guess I guess what I want to say is I don't think that we should be giving white people more uh, leeway with their racism. I think what I'm saying is, in a very specific case where someone, because of economic circumstances, finds themselves allied with the interests of everybody else, and we could bring them into a big tent, fighting for the interests of everyone, where, guess what, maybe it's not because they love black people and have all the right terms, but because they have personal interest in workers being uplifted. I think that is politically meaningful and worth pursuing because it almost to, to almost to my argument is the point that some of these people are past saving. They are racist and they are these things. Mm-hmm. But as long as the ruling class is able to use that racism as a tool to keep them out of lockstep with the other oppressed classes, they win. And I'm not here to tell like black people that they gotta accept racism and accept these racists as part of a movement. That's really not what I'm trying to say. But I guess what I'm trying to say is we could try to organize along class issues more than the race issues and not be so stringent on oh, this person tweeted this when he was 17 or this person's background or this, this, that, and the third and allow people and I'm not saying give them leadership roles in the movement and I'm not saying this that and the third but not shun them cancel them but to instead educate and, and engage in conversation with them and guess what if black people don't want to do that work that's great they probably shouldn't have to let all the obnoxious devil's advocate white guys like me talk to them and, and, and have those conversations that's fine mm-hmm. uh, that uh, totally makes sense I'm not I'm not here to say like and if, and if in organizing spaces, black people are uncomfortable with people who have these former uh, ties or said these things or certain beliefs, that's totally valid. But in like an online sense, like an internet sense, internet argument sense, I think that's, you know, I don't think that's right. I, I think because, you yeah. know, no one's face to face with anyone. We're not organizing in the same room. No one's obligating to do anything. And people are just online. And I think just dismissing people is uh it's kind of what they want you to do because the whole thing that the right-wing propagandists pull is like yep and they're emotional they'll dismiss you and they'll cancel you and you kind of, and, and i'm not saying and, and and you know you always you can always play the game of you're proving them right about their lies about you like i'm not trying you know and and you can play that game until the cows come home but i do think there's value in like not legitimizing that and like you know i always think back to that chart it's like leftist versus nazis and and the leftist is like you haven't read that 
what are you what are you talking like google it's not my job to educate you and then it's the nazi guy and it's like yeah no the races are unequal here's a bunch of stats and charts and, da, 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 da. and it's like <laughs> and I'm like, and, and I'm like and, and you get what I'm saying yeah let me sit down and tell you everything I know like yeah me, yeah, yeah you know and um yeah I just you know I just I, I'm uncomfortable with the tendency on the left to just be like you know fuck off if you don't know not to be racist you know, and and I think you should know. And that's probably a bad example because you should know not to be racist. But if you don't know yeah. this, that, that, and the third, you know, you, you're out. Because that's the thing. I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I do think um, you and your it, life have it, probably been around white people that are in these communities and that are immersed in these spaces that aren't full on like these other people are, fucking racist shitheads. And 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 mm-hmm. so it's not like you cast everyone in this whole brush. It's not like everyone's one it one thing, and I don't think that's what she or anyone's trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, yeah, so not so, like I'm not trying to put words in her mouth because I, I really and, and and like the original point I think is correct, and I think it's just the language and the wording of the second tweet and the fact that now she's this leader that she's getting shot on for it, and I think like you know where it comes from is probably not a bad place. And my point in saying that is to say that people do know not to be racist. There are good people out there that aren't pieces of shit. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't give people the complete benefit of the doubt. And, and that's not what I'm arguing, to not put words in anyone on my side's mouth. And I think the key thing is to say, okay, you know, because some people are good and figure this shit out, you know, we shouldn't give people the full benefit of the doubt. But in the same hand, if we want to eliminate and, and get rid of these hateful people and this thought and this ideology, we need to analyze how people became that way, the systems and structures that are pitting them against each other. And we need to do the work to build the class solidarity to fight against that. Cause it's only going to get worse. It's, it really is. I don't, I don't know healing is coming until we heal people's situations. Um, and yeah, I, we need like, and, and we need to work to do that. And and and, and I, I, you know, I don't think we need to get too caught up on the debate on if we do that with or without white people that uh, were previously racist. I, and, and I don't think that's what the debate should be centered around. Um, and and so at the end of the day, this is all kind of uh, it's immaterial. Um, and and I also do want to say before we end this that no name, we're huge fans, and we've said it on earlier episodes, but uh, we're huge fans of just what she's doing and especially with the book club and with, you know, this, that, and the third, um, she's, we talk constantly about people in hip hop and wanting people to step up and really use it as a platform for change. She is the person doing that. Um, and maybe the best example in hip hop of it. Um, and I think that's why just like it's for the same reason it's important to criticize, you know, um, leaders in the left, like AOC, it's important to criticize people who have elected themselves leaders of the movement. Um, Hey. Are you recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll you. Can I my computer? Yeah, sure. Love you. Tell your viewers I love them and they're very special. <laughs> okay. Give me a kiss. Love you, baby. Love you. Um, we can leave it there. We can leave it there. Um, that's pretty good. 
it's a pretty good place to leave it all right um thank you for listening and tune in next episode we are going to be doing an interview with actually i'm not sure which one we have queued up next we are either talking to uh vado or fred from twitter um and yeah keep a lookout for those